Welcome to the Faith and Work Ministry of Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas, where we hope to equip and encourage you towards daily faithfulness in your vocation. This is your host, Ryan Wall. Each month, we will discuss practical topics on how to apply your faith in the workplace, while reminding you that your work matters to those of us leading the church, to the world, and most importantly, to God. To learn more, go to watermark.org work. This month, we'll hear from Rob Thomas, President and Creative Director of Igniter Media. Igniter Media creates and curates media so the local church can better engage the culture and declare biblical truth, and has served over 80,000 customers over the last 16 years. Today, we'll hear from Rob about how he leaned on God's Word and His people to help lead in the midst of a company crisis. Outside of my immediate family, uh, my kids, my sister, uh, or siblings, my parents, the, the person that I have the most photos of in my photo library is Jeff Parker. And uh, I have 644 uh, photos of Jeff um, that are tagged. I haven't tagged everything. I'm not perfect at this, guys. Um, but in fact, I had to add a little asterisk to that because um, just this morning I found one person has more than Jeff. And that's actually you, Braun. Braun Brown has more photos tagged uh, in my photo library, except for half of them are Braun and the other half are Chachi. And so I feel like it doesn't count. So Jeff is still the, the number one person. And the reason I tell you that is because I really want to uh, communicate that this is a, a guy that means a lot to me. I want to show, I'll just quickly show that. Um, I just quickly went through there and found uh, photos that he and I are both in. And... Uh, so that just gives you an idea of my friendship um, with Jeff. He's a very important person to me. Um, you know, we worked together for 11 years. He arrived about eight months after I started uh, Igniter Media. And Igniter, we serve churches with ready-made media. We've been serving uh, churches around the world. Um, and uh, he started really soon after uh, we started the company. And he and I ran the company. Uh, I owned it, but er everyone saw us as, his, as their bosses, Jeff and Rob. Uh, our chemistry was about as good as it could get. Our strengths could play off of each other uh, in amazing ways, and uh, we just laughed a ton. I mean, just all the time, we would laugh. Um, so just a quick list of things that happened in those 11 years. We built a team that helped launch Igniter more fully. Uh, we built another company uh, and sold it. Uh, we started and ran a magazine for three years. We created a church creative conference and hosted it for six years. We acquired another company, and then we bought a building and built our dream office space. All of that happened in those 11 years. Our families are, uh, have always been super close. Uh, two of our, uh, Haley, uh, we have a son, Ridge, and they have a son, Bennett, and they, they hung out constantly. Jeff, Stacy, Haley, and I did several trips together, including a cruise uh, and also a, a conference that we went to in Cancun. So these are some really good friends. But in January of 2015, uh, a lot changed. And, and I want to tell you about uh, what happened. So we were about three, uh, about three weeks into our new office building that we had built. We had been in another space for 10 years. So this was a, uh, a really exciting time. And, and about three weeks into January, uh, Jeff and I uh, went on a on a business trip. We went to a, a Tony Robbins Business Mastery Week, which was crazy into itself. Um, and, and really, we were needing it because we had spent a lot of 2014 working on the building, not necessarily on, on the, the company, but working on the building that we were going, building it out. I had taken a six-week sabbatical during that year. And so this was a, a time that we really needed to just regroup and go, what's the next chapter of our company? And so that's why we were there. And we had all kinds of amazing conversations, dreaming about the future. And uh, uh, the last day of the conference was a, um, was a Sunday. Uh, it was actually the day we were, we were flying back. So we got up early. We were on a, on a flight. This is September 19th, uh, 2015. And we got, on, we got on the airplane. And, you know, something was a little off with, with Jeff and I. And I, I didn't really know what it was. I mean, as, as friendships, as you know, with friendships, I mean, sometimes you wake up on the wrong side and you're like, I don't know why we're not connecting, but we weren't connected. Uh, and so on the flight, I remember asking him, I just, uh, we were sitting across the aisle and I just said, Jeff, are we good? And he said, he just was like, yeah, yes, yes. I'm, I'm just processing, I'm processing some things. And so I left it at that. Uh, what I didn't know was right then he was uh, actually getting on the Wi-Fi and, and texting his community and basically saying, hey, I need to talk today. 
And uh, in fact, he, he's even said, in, in, as he's talked about this, that if he hadn't done that, he probably, by the time we got to Dallas, he would have chickened out and not done it. And so his community knew that they were meeting that day. And so we kind of parted ways, and uh, I went about my day. And somewhere around, uh, probably around 3 p.m., uh, Clint Miller, uh, who is here, who's also, uh, he wor has worked with me for years, also in Jeff's community, he texted and said, hey, we need to see uh, you, your community, Haley, and uh, Jeff's community, and Stacy, his wife. And we need to all meet tonight. And so just hearing that um, was a little nerve-wracking. And I just started going, you know, racking my brain like, okay, it's going to be something. Uh, I'm, you know, in my head, I was like, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. We'll figure it out. Um, so we, we actually met that night. And uh, when we sat down, Jeff started going into, he basically said, hey, I need to tell you something that happened in 2008. So this is 2015. And he said, um, in 2008, I went to uh, Vegas with some of my buddies. Um, we had already gambled during the day. I had a set amount of money I was going to spend, already spent it. Um, and we all put money in as, uh, for the dinner, big round table. We all put money on the table for the dinner. I put the company credit card down, and I took all their money. And, um, and so essentially, I, I, I paid for that big dinner and took the cash. And in my head, I'm thinking, that's okay. That's, that, that was years ago. You know, we're okay. Uh, <clears throat> and then he basically proceeded to say, and that kind of started a chain reaction of things that happened uh, for the next seven years where Jeff would essentially use uh, the company as, as a bank account in many ways. Uh, Jeff was our financial guy, and uh, it, it wasn't something that I looked at often, uh, if at all. And so uh, basically, uh, Jeff guessed that night that he, he had taken maybe around 100 grand over the last seven years. Well, that stunned me, <clears throat> and I remember just kind of losing the ability to process as we were, as we were sitting there. Uh, and we ended the meeting with Jeff saying, hey, I'm going to accept whatever consequences uh, we as his communities choose for him. And he put himself at our mercy. And so we hugged. Again, I'm, I'm a little shell-shocked. And I, and I just leave. And, and uh, actually, my community guys came over. And, uh, and that night, we talked. Um, and they basically, they basically said, including Haley, said, hey, you know, you need to terminate Jeff, right? And I remember that being a sentence that I was like, I, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I have to do that, right? Yeah, I have to do that. It was something that I, I couldn't even grasp it. I couldn't process. I wasn't processing. Uh, he embezzled money. You understand what's happening. And so I think it took me, it took me a second. And, and uh, Man, I couldn't believe I had to fire him. Um, he was my right-hand man. He was so crucial to our company. The next day, Jeff came over to my house, and I told him that I was firing him. I also asked him to come up, and, and I, I wanted him to tell the team. And so he came up to the office. Keep in mind, we haven't seen our team. We have about 20 people on our team. We haven't seen them in over a week. We've been in Florida at a conference, and so we all meet in the conference room. I'm sorry, we meet in the theater that we have there, and everybody, we have a very energetic team, and everybody's hooting and hollering, excited to see us, very kind. Um, the whole time I'm, uh, I'm knowing this is not going to be what you think. This is going to be a very difficult meeting. So Jeff, uh, so we sat down, Jeff confessed to his embezzlement um, to the team. He informed them, informed them that he was no longer uh, working at the company. It was very hard. Jeff was officially gone, and that was the end of an era and the beginning of a new one that looked terrible for me. After much prayer and deliberation, we, just my counsel mix of coworkers uh, and my friends, close friends, we, we decided we were going to require three things to happen. We said Jeff was going to conduct an audit of his actions down to the details. He was going to conduct that in plain sight at our office. So he had to come up to our office go through our file cabinets, look at bank receipts, all that kind of stuff on his own, in our office. Number two was we would follow up with our own audit. And third thing is we, have, uh, we would decide an amount stolen and require payback, including tax, lawyer fees, any fees that, that we accumulated because of it. And guys, Jeff, Jeff did that. He came up and he worked extremely hard and delivered a 70-page audit of detailed line items. And uh, he laid it out, and uh, <clears throat> he was involved in some online gambling, some 
um, sport ticket sales, buying and selling tickets for profit, and just lots of miscellaneous purchases. Uh, he spent anything from a business-covered meal that wasn't business-related to five-figure checks he wrote for himself. His final numbers showed that he had stolen roughly a quarter million uh, and throughout had, had put back in about 130000 or so. He kind of used us as a bank in ways. Um, and so uh, that was the damage. We did our own audit, laid out our plan, told him what we required of payback. Um, I can't remember, but I think we gave him about a year to pay it back. Uh, during this year, 2015, Jeff became very involved in Regen at Watermark and had all, uh, all of his financial accounts managed by, by friends. Um, Jeff's life changed that day in many good ways that I'm going to get to. Ultimately, I, I chose not to get the police involved uh, because uh, both out of mercy for him, uh, because he confessed in his humility, and because I felt our financial objectives could be satisfied without it. And by December of that year, 2015, months after uh, all of this had, uh, we had finished coming up with the plan, uh, he, he had made his final payment. He, he paid it back early and aggressively, as Jeff would do. So between uh, January of 2015 to January of 2016, Jeff and I saw each other about three times, and they were always uh, in a group setting as we were deciding the plan for this. This is one of my best friends that I just no longer saw. Uh, I'm going to tell you five things that I've learned because of this. I'm gonna, uh, right now, I'm going to tell you three of them, then I'm going to tell you what, what happened next, and then I'm going to end with two things. The first thing is the relational betrayal uh, hurt was worse than the stolen money by a long shot. I was grieved and I felt betrayed by one of my best friends. Uh, I think people either veer towards mad or sad when these things, uh, when hard things happen. For me, it was just deep sadness that I felt. Uh, going to work became very hard for me. Uh, it felt like a fire just kind of went out and all the things that, it, that came with that, just darkness, coldness, haziness. And I'm very comforted uh, by 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. God and is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. The second thing I learned is God uses valleys to grow me in ways he doesn't use mountains. That's obvious, but that's so true. I mean, James says it uh, right at the beginning. When trouble, troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. Again, to use the, the fire analogy, when Jeff confessed and when he left the company, it felt like buckets of water just got poured on our company. It just left me confused uh, and feeling like I couldn't succeed without him. Uh, even in the midst of a great team, I, I felt uh, a loneliness. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. I took it one day at a time. Around that time, Kyle Thompson gave me great wisdom. He said, God, requires our, uh, God doesn't require us to be faithful tomorrow. He requires us to be faithful today. And, uh, and so daily faithfulness was my goal. One day at a time, that was my goal. And slowly, God rekindled uh, something in me. Confidence in him, confidence in the work we were doing, a belief in myself um, that God's enough. In retrospect, uh, in a very counterintuitive way, I'm actually nostalgic um, for that time period. So weird. I can look at pictures. Uh, remember, I like photos. I can look at photos from that time period and actually uh, feel nostalgic for that time because I, I, I feel God's closeness to me during that. The third thing uh, that I've learned is I can trust God with the roles that he cast me in. This was a hard one for me to figure out. Um, but I remember at the time I had this thought, if this were a play or a one act, uh, I would be cast as the dumb business owner. And I didn't want that role. I remember thinking, I don't, ah, I'm the dumb business owner in this, in this play. And I didn't want that. Made worse, <clears throat> and I'm just being very transparent here, but after Jeff's confession, he was praised rightly for how he responded and turned things around. There was a Facebook post at one point uh, that he did a beautiful job of, of talking about it for the first time. This was all about a year later. Somebody left a comment, Jeff, you are my hero. 
Ultimately, he is a hero for the way he responded. At the time, that was, that was difficult. I, I kind of wanted to be the hero in, that, in a sense. <laughs> but man, God used that. Today, I'm thankful for my role. While I was never a perfect friend, I think Jeff would say I was, I was kind to him. I trusted him and all, all that came with that. I was generous with him in our friendship. And this was a big part of what God used to break him. He was double-minded. He was both my friend and my enemy until he couldn't take it anymore. God alone convicted his heart, but God partly used the dumb business owner to do it. The great truth in that is this. It's possible that God allowed or ordained my foolishness with Jeff's deception to bring glory to himself. I love the story of Joseph. He says, he says this to his brothers, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. And then Joseph comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. I love Joseph. He had been wronged by his brothers and yet he showed mercy and kindness, even showed how, how God used them, his brothers. He's my example. Okay, I'm going to transition back to what happened next. Well, in short, with our company, with our company at Igniter, God provided. Over the last several years, people within the company, like Clint Miller, uh, have stepped up. And we've brought in some key people like Ross, Mochelle, and so many others that have made all the difference. Uh, I will say, initially, it got got worse before it got better, as we learned just the how, where we were financially, where we were organizationally. It got worse, but then it did get better. And we've slowly rebuilt our company bonfire that we all sit around today. While the bonfire looks, it looks different today uh, than it did back then, it's definitely blazing and healthy, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. So what happened with Jeff? Well, in January of 2016, over a year later, uh, we started to work on our relationship. Jeff, Stacy, Haley, and I uh, met at the place that we first met the Parkers uh, when they were in our foundation group. We, we went to Cafe Brazil. And there's a picture, because I have people take pictures of important moments. <laughs> Which is weird. Uh, this was our, our first actual get-together since the day of the confession, not including the big meetings that we had. Uh, Jeff was very thoughtful in how he asked for forgiveness that day. He actually created five or six areas uh, that he thought, I need to ask forgiveness in all these areas. These are different things, different things I, I would like forgiveness for. And by the time of, I had already in my heart forgiven him. And you know, since that initial meeting, Jeff and I have tried to regularly get together for lunch or coffee so that we can build back a friendship, which we've done. Our relationship is, it's different today, uh, but it's good. It's very good, and he will always be one of my favorite people. So the last two things that I learned are these. Offering forgiveness is the standard, not the exception. Um, Colossians 3, 12 through 13, put on then, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and it goes on to say, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. I forgive because I've been forgiven. Forgiven people forgive people. I'm called to forgive no matter what, but Jeff made it easier by his, his humility. I, I give him a lot of credit uh, for confessing his crimes instead of getting caught. He confessed. Last thing is this. Being reconciled brings a freedom to everyone, but mostly me. I can forgive and and not be fully reconciled with someone. But reconciliation needs to be fully attempted and and, and out of my control if it doesn't happen. So Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I'm called to reconciliation with Jeff. He wanted it, and I'm called to it. And And it's brought me freedom and a weight lifted. Practically speaking, I am able to pass him at church functions and not feel awkward. I'm able to root for him when I see him on the stage or if I see him on social media. I'm able to have coffee or lunch with him and and truly want to know what's going on in his world. I care about him. 
And the last one, this is a big one. Jeff and I can laugh together. We can laugh. When you're not reconciled, you don't laugh with that person. But we can laugh. It's caused me actually to seek reconciliation with others. Uh, I'm addicted to reconciliation. It's another addiction. Uh, relationships can be hard. Uh, but as far as it depends on me is all that matters. In closing, I, I'm so thankful uh, for several things um, that have come out of this. But the, the big three things are this. I'm happy for Jeff. Jeff's confession freed him from a bondage he was in. His email address is now jeffparker11915 at gmail.com. That's January 19th, 2015. It's part, of his, it's part of his email. It's part of his new beginning. And he is thriving today. The second thing is I'm a better, wiser business owner uh, who has grown in ways I know I wouldn't have otherwise. So I'm thankful. And the third thing is God has been glorified through all of this. And man, oh, my prayers, I hope today that's true today. I, I just want God to be glorified in what happened. I'm so thankful that you uh, took time to listen to, to my story and what happened. So thanks for listening. I hope you are encouraged how Rob talked about how his faith in God gave him a model of confession, forgiveness, and reconciliation. We know that it is God's wisdom towards these principles and his model of forgiveness and reconciliation through his son, Jesus Christ, that motivates Rob to love and lead in this way. We hope that you will follow his example. Now, we will continue the conversation with a live audience Q&A. Thanks for sharing all of that with us. And just I know that that's not been an easy journey for you. Um, but man, we'd love to just open it up with questions for you guys that you might have for Rob. And uh, I had a couple as you guys kind of think about that. I think uh, we're recording this. And so if you guys could jump on one of the microphones and ask that. But man, I'd just first start by saying, <clears throat> are you really friends with Jeff now? No, 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 we're not. No, yes, of course we yeah. are. <laughs> yes, we, we are friends, and uh, we, we get together. Uh, uh, not enough because our worlds don't uh, pass each other, but only for that reason. I mean, but we, we get together, get lunch, we get coffees. Um, I love hanging out with Jeff when I see him, for sure, really. While you were talking, you mentioned just that Jeff has been a model of confession for you. Yeah. So practically, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I just, uh, I mean... You know, he, uh, it wasn't even a month ago that I had something in my life that I had to confess, um, mainly to my wife. And, and uh, man, I, you know, God convicted me in that, but I also thought about Jeff. And I, I remember, I just, just flooded, just remembered the freedom, the freedom that he had after. Um, and that was actually, um, man, that was an inspiration for me to go, no, I, I confess now. I do it now. I don't want to go, th- I don't want to be double-minded. Um, so I'm going to go through the pain that comes through a confession than the pain that comes through living two lives. And I'm, I mean, Jeff modeled that eventually, but he modeled it. <laughs> yeah. So I'd love to ask you guys what questions. I think there's two mics kind of floating around. If you guys grab one of those. I have one of those. Can I use it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing the story. I thought that was great. I want to ask, was there ever a time where you weren't going to forgive him? Um, this is such a powerful story of reconciliation and what happened over that year is so amazing. Yeah. But as I was listening, and I put myself in your shoes, and I just don't know if I would have forgiven him at the end of the day. Yeah. And so mm. from the moment where he confessed to where you guys, you were able to forgive him, what was that process like for you? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I will say, to, again, to Jeff's uh, benefit, he made it easy because of his confession, because of his humility, and those things uh, absolutely will play a part for me, for anyone as a just being human, uh, for someone to be contrite in that way uh, is very helpful. But uh, even assuming he wasn't, um, or, you know, there's situations where they, it's like, no, I'm not confessing. I didn't do that. It, you know, and he could have had a, a different reaction. And I still would have felt just as called to forgive him. Uh, because forgiveness is, is really uh, what God has done for me. I do for others. And it's not about him. It's just not about him. And so uh, me learning that, um, I will say just it wasn't as difficult in this situation because of his response, honestly. 
So in this situation, it wasn't as difficult. The reconciliation ha uh, uh, has been, in a way, tougher. Uh, actually feeling like I can walk by him and it not be weird. And those things are, are, are hard, and, and they take time. They take time. So, yeah. So my question is going to be, I'm right here. Oh, hi. Um, my question is going to be, so I know that you had consequences. There's consequences for his actions. Yeah. What was like, what was the process of making that decision on, on, Hey, what, how much we're going to make him pay back or, or, uh, Hey, termination. I know you say you talked to community to his community and your community, but like, <clears throat> what was, how was that decision made that, especially for a friend of yours, like, you know, yeah. how do you make that decision? Well, and, and we, yes, community was a big part. We had community, very strategic friends, uh, other, a couple other business owners, my dad. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I pulled in a lot of people to talk through that. Um, and again, uh, we also wanted to make sure we were doing our, uh, this is a word I can't say, fiduciary. Oh, I can't say fiduciary. it. <laughs> hey, will you fix that in the audio? Uh, fiduci fiduciary. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, we were doing the right thing by um, uh, talking to um, the police or not. Like, did I have to do that? And so I wanted to make sure I was doing what was right uh, in my response. And so uh, we sought the, the help of, of our lawyer and all that. And uh, in the end, there was some freedom there. And, uh, and again, we, we felt like we could satisfy um, my, the, the business hat person going, hey, you, you took this, you're going to give, you need to pay this back, and, and, any, and some of these extra things that, that we've spent dealing with it, you're going to pay that back. And he was um, very willing to do that. And so with that, and because of, of again, his response, those things kind of went hand in hand, what, how we got there. Um, yeah, that, that's more descriptive. I don't know if it's prescriptive, but that is what we chose to do. I'm curious about the process of rebuilding trust because forgiveness and reconciliation is one thing, but rebuilding trust often yeah. takes time even beyond that. Yeah. And would you say, it sounds like you have rebuilt a certain level of trust <laughs> with him, but do you think you could ever get back to a point where you'd say, you know what, I trust this guy enough now to hire him again? Um, the answer to that is yes. Um, trust, trust, rebuilding trust though, rebuilding trust is, is like a tree growing. It, that, it does take time. That is the, I mean, you talk about trust, and, and, and I didn't mention that, but trust has been a, a huge thing. We, I would not hire him back in, in the same role. So there is a certain amount of that where trust is not going to get him to probably a certain role. But um, the idea that would I ever be able to work with him again um, over time, that has proven to be, yeah, I could. In certain roles, I, I just could. Um, now, I haven't, so I, I haven't actually experienced what that would feel like. But... Um, <clears throat> In fact, <clears throat> we hired him. Yeah, they hired him. So, so at this point, I'm poaching with this conversation. <laughs> so I, <laughs> yeah, Jeff now leads our recovery ministry up at our Plano campus. Yeah. Uh, and so and we talked to Rob and made sure that we felt good with that and walked with Jeff through all of those steps, uh, just but felt like he could best uh, shepherd the folks in Plano around what it looks like to model confession mm -hmm. and to live an authentic life. Uh, and so we had enough confidence in that that we felt comfortable hiring them as a staff. Hi. So my question is a little bit different. So can you speak a little bit to forgiveness as it relates to the employee, um, perhaps feeling like they need to forgive their employer um, if they're not a believer, but, but something that, that could um, help us understand how to move forward with that freedom that you need, you know, um, and the forgiveness you need to move forward in your career. Okay, I, I want to make sure I understand that. Uh, can you reword? So, in, in other words, you, you know, a lot of people, they're, they're employees of mm. employers that may not be as gracious as you. Mm. Uh, maybe the employer is doing something to the employee and they got hurt by a, an employer. Um, and they're trying to move on with their lives and their career, but they're still, you know, holding on to this unforgiveness so how do you how would you counsel something like that yeah that's so that is uh it's similar to a situation where um someone has offended you but they show no remorse um i just want to say again that is a much harder uh, situation um I, I i do think i've learned the idea of of uh one option is to get bitter right is, is to hold on to it 
And that is a little bit of the, you're, you're, you're drinking the poison. Uh, it, like it's only, it's hurting you worse than it's hurting them. And so um, that's why forgiveness, as, as, as we study it, it's, it's really a transaction between you and, and the Lord. And it's really not between you and them. Yes, to, for them to say, would you forgive me for this? Or, hey, hey I, I offended you. I bet that hurt. That would be so uh, healing in so many ways, but not ultimately healing because only God can do that. Only God can do that. And then, um, and then there's, the, and usually when there's not that, um, when there's not a, a uh, mutual forgiveness that is, or a uh, reconciliation usually is very difficult when there's, when two people don't come to the party ready to acknowledge what has happened and own their part. Reconciliation is, is really tough in that situation. So I, I probably didn't answer that as well as you needed, but I'd be glad to talk afterwards. <laughs> I think that the steps are the same, that you make every effort as much as it's yeah. on you. Uh, and so then you've got to wrestle, what does that mean? Uh, and do you spend all day, every day? Is that what every effort means? Uh, hey, do you make one phone call and then you're said, I did my part, and I'm out. Uh, and so I said, that's something that you've got to wrestle through best with community and by just praying and in your relationship with God of saying, hey, what does it mean for me to make every effort in this particular situation? Hey, uh, I have a question. Um, so after Jeff kind of broke your trust and confessed this, uh, what were these kind of steps that did you like have distrust your other employees, like thinking that somebody else could be doing this? And kind of what were the steps to that you put in place at your company to kind of avoid this from happening again with another employee? It's really good, yeah. So accountability, um, as I, I mentioned that I grew as a business leader, and that was, that was one of the big ones, is like, well, um, we need to have uh, some form of accountability that's just not, I trust you, and that's it. It's more of a, hey, you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing, and you know what you're doing. And so that's, we have it set up uh, more like that today. So Clint, Clint Miller's here, Ross Moschel, some guys I work with, uh, they're back there maybe. There they are. Both of them, they're sitting by each other. Um, and so there's an there's a accountability with those two guys that, that we have in place. Uh, and not only that, we have Kathleen over here who's our uh, HR, and she handles a lot of our finances. And so there's all kinds of accountability now. Uh, and, and that was one of the big things. We were like, we've got to change how we're doing that. Um, and so, yeah, so financially we, we had to make sure of that. I feel like you had another part of that question maybe. Did you? Yeah, um, you know, I, it didn't cause me to distrust. Uh, I, it didn't. Uh, what Jeff did did not necessarily spread to others. What it did was it did cause a deep insecurity in me. It caused me to feel like, man, I'm just, gosh, I, why, why am I running a company? What do I think I'm doing when this can happen? And, and you know, so it, it caused that. But um, I don't think there was anyone else at our company that I distrusted. Again, Jeff was the only one who really had. I, <laughs> He's the one who had access to all the finances, and no one else really did. Can Except me. explain a little bit? Uh, last week when we were catching up, you just talked about even that kind of 10 days after you found out. Yeah. And so explain a little bit of even that process, what that next week looked like. Yeah, I was so crazy. That, <clears throat> that Friday, this is the end of January, and apparently there's, there's some things due tax-wise at the end of January. I mean, this, this is where I was. Where I was oh, okay. Um, and I met with a guy, Caleb, Caleb Dean, uh, who worked with us for a season. During this next season, we had a guy, Caleb Dean, come on our team. And he, I went to lunch with him, recommended by some Watermark friends and my community. And he had been on staff here. We had lunch, and he started asking me, hey, so have you done this? Uh, how, your finances, are you, have you done this? Have you already paid this? Have you already sent this in? He started listing things. And I just... I just started crying. I don't even know this guy, but I just started crying at lunch. And, and, and I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to do this. Uh, and, he, and he basically said, hey, well, maybe I can help you. And uh, he was really offering, maybe I can come up on a Tuesday night or something. And that ended up being uh, Caleb coming on our team for a season. Um, and it was just, it's just a miracle. I mean, it's just God stepping in and providing for us exactly what we needed. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And you'd also say, I think, from our conversations that <clears throat> as a result of this, then now you're leading and not just being the fun, creative guy, but to make sure that you've got a pulse on all these other aspects of the company, right? And so it's kind of changed yeah. the way that you've thought what your responsibilities are. Absolutely. There's just, there's just accountability in all the areas of our company. We're just, 
we're just trying our best to lead it well. But yes, it, it's a different feel. There's a soberness, you know, I, there's a soberness that was really good for me. You know, when it talks about, yes, I'm, I, I love to have fun. I love to laugh, all those things. Um, you, can, you can laugh and, and love fun and love silly and be sober-minded, you know. And so I think God's really worked on me and my sober-mindedness. Like, oh, no, I, I, need, a, I need to make sure that I'm sober-minded in how I think about uh, several areas. And, get, and I need to get down and be a better be a better leader. Yeah. Was there a turning point that made Jeff come to you with confession? Great question. Must have been something. Yeah, so some people have asked, did something happen at the conference? And um, what, what, there wasn't an exact turning point for Jeff um, as much as it was a, a decay in his ability to be double-minded. And I, I do think at the, at, the, uh, at the Tony Robbins thing, there were some speakers that were like that talked about truth and you know whatever truth that was done, but they were talking about you gotta if you can't trust you know and I remember things you know I'm writing down you know and I remember just like yeah that's so true that's so true and I think some of those things did start eating at them, but I just think the the um, I think the Lord did something because of of years of it I think it, the last domino fell honestly yeah um, so it's interesting sometimes you see people who uh, won't ultimately offer that grace or forgiveness because they're afraid future precedent with people taking advantage of them or that they're somehow going to have to extend uh, grace. Yeah. How, how did you navigate that knowing that your faith called you to that? Did you have any counselors that were sort of prodding you a different direction that you felt like, man, that's just, yeah. I, I appreciate that from worldly counsel, but I'm going to go this direction? Or how did you think about um, uh, that for you versus maybe what the world would lead you to? Well, I will say my counsel that I got was varied, um, that what I ended up choosing to do was not um, what everyone counseled me necessarily to do. Um, I, I did. I do feel like for for this situation, it was the right. It was the right thing to do um, for the. Uh, but you know, uh, making sure that uh, we don't put future people in harm was was something that it, it took counsel for me to even think about that. Like, oh yeah, I got to make sure, um, and so. That, that was conversations we had, you know, for, from Jeff uh, having a license still to, to, to be an accountant. All those things uh, were, were factors that we talked about, considered. Um, Jeff let that expire. And, and so Jeff has done all the actions that I thought made us feel good enough going forward. But was it a, a precedent? I, I, you know, when I think about what, how did it affect us going forward, I, honestly, that wasn't the thought I was having. Like, it was, I was taking that for this case for what this case was and just doing my best in it. Hey Rob, thanks for sharing. Uh, my question is, you uh, were vulnerable in sharing in this season after this happened, you were a wreck. Uh, you had lost your right-hand man, mm -hmm. a great friend. What did you do in terms of you now had 20 employees and a company culture to uphold and continue to push forward in the midst of what sounds like you didn't have a lot of that on your own from this? Yeah, it, it, it got, it got uh, a little stinky. It got hard. <laughs> I mean, there was, it just, you know, Caleb Dean came on, which was helpful. Clint Miller stepped up in leadership. So I had people, and not just those guys, Kathleen stepped up. We had several people just go, hey, I'm raising my hand. Let me help. Let me, let me kind of tweak my role a little bit. Um, and so we had a lot of that. That really encouraged me. Um, and uh, again, we just, it was one day at a time for, for a long season for me. It was just I just have to worry about today. Today, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to lead well, to do these things. I will say what's interesting, we started praying more as a company after this. I mean, when Jeff, I think when Jeff would think about our company meetings and stuff, I, don't, we, I remember we didn't, we didn't pray as much, but man, as soon as this happened, we, we pray almost every meeting now. And so there, man, there's just a, God really just um, uh, grew all of us. And, and the best analogy is that fire. You know, it's just, there was a bonfire blazing, and all of a sudden it was out. It was cold, and it, and it was hard. Everything felt hard. And then eventually, day by day, with all these little things, it just started, it started rekindling itself um, to the point that we all feel uh, the warmth of it again. And so it was just the daily faithfulness that got us through. Hi. Was, uh, Hi. was there a situation where you had to maybe... Um handle people responding differently or wanting your response to be different than 
the one that you responded with to handle the situation, you know, a backlash from other employees and peers? What's, what's the specific part of that question? Was there, did that happen or how did? Sure, how did you respond to individuals and were there individuals that so did people didn't agree with your, yeah. your response to the situation? Um, some people still still feel differently than I do. Some people that are, are and and it's they love me. You know, there it's it's uh, the people who feel differently or still maybe feel strongly about the situation, uh, and or maybe still have a hard time with it or, or a hard time with Jeff, are the people who who or some of them it's because they love me. You know, and, and so uh, in in that I don't hold that. I would never hold that against them. I would say, oh man, you, you feel strongly because you love me, and. And so other than that, there were some others that spoke strongly from a business perspective that um, they spoke strongly. And I said, thank you. You know, I thank them for, for their wisdom. Um, but it's, it's not been an issue. Um, and again, time has, for me, time has uh, in many ways shown that I think this was the right call. I think it was right what, what happened, the way it happened. I mean, you look at the fruit of Jeff Parker today in, in, in so many ways. Again, that wasn't just based on what happened with decisions we were making, but just in general, what, what God's done with, with his life has been uh, amazing. Yeah. Hey, earlier you had mentioned in your talk that you have a nostalgia around that particular time. And so could you just explain a little bit more detail when you, when you say that? I, I really, I, I just look back. I mean, they're random pictures, but it's... Like it's funny because I can watch a video that happened the 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 first video I have that was after that it was just me and, uh, and the kids playing upstairs and, and Haley we were just up there playing but it's I look at that video differently because I'm like that's the first thing that is in my library after I knew after I found out and it just there was just the season but I, I look at pictures at that time I go man what a sweet time oh that was a fun. That was a fun football game we were all at. Or, or, or I remember when we all went to that restaurant, you know, just family pictures. And I, I have a nostalgicness for it in a way because, again, I do feel, I think, I really think that's, that's the feeling that God had me. And I feel it. I feel it looking back. I don't know that, I, I mean, I felt it then, but it, it's interesting how I can feel it looking back. That's, that's the best I know. That's the nostalgic thing I think I, I have. Yeah. Hey, I don't want to go back necessarily, <laughs> but... <laughs> You talked some on how that impacted uh, the company. Can you explain how that impacted you and your family? You know, because it's part of this too. It's not just company, but now yeah. you've got family who's intertwined in all of this. Yeah, Haley would say that. Whoa, that was a. Uh, it could have. It could have caused a division with my my wife, um, but it, it it drew us together massively, right? Oh, no? No, she's saying she, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it really did, and uh, it, it grew us in our marriage. Um, uh, I felt, I just felt everything more. There's a, it's like God gave me more feeling for things, more compassion for things, more, uh, there was something there. While it started numb, I told you, I was like, I couldn't process a thing. Uh, God was just faithful in the way that he, uh, he just took care of me, helped in my relationships. Rob, you talked a little bit about how your coworkers, those under you, kind of stepped up to help. Any other advice you'd give just for us who are kind of rank and file, we're not in a position where we can really make a big change or whatever, but just being good, either employees or good coworkers during a big company crisis like this? Uh, encouragement is such a, a big thing. And a lot of times, um, Usually criticism goes up, encouragement should go down, right? Or don't y'all have a, I feel like watermark, I don't know. But it, for the team, definitely spent a, a season where they were just sending encouragement up. And that's not always natural. So I just encourage people to do that. I mean, it, it, makes a, it, makes a, it made a big impact on me. I, I got, a, you know, Clint Miller um, started at our company as, as, a, 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 as a developer and, uh, and he, he was there, he started in 2008. So, uh, what? Six. six. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so he started in six, and so he's been there almost this whole time. And, and that, one of the things he did, if this encourages people, he just came in and he was like, hey, I want to step up. I want to do whatever it takes to help you, and uh, just let me do it. And, and uh, the trajectory of his role at our company changed then as well. 
Like he is so vital. He's on our executive team. He's vital. Uh, he's always been vital, but he's even more vital in, in so many ways. So I, I just, I, yeah, I would encourage people to go, hey, uh, anytime you can send uh, encouragement up and not just, uh, hey, I need you to do or, or this isn't working is a big deal. Hey, Rob. Hey, can you talk about, um, you say you have a staff of 20, like if there's non-believers or people on that staff that wouldn't share your faith, if, if they all would, how would you have maybe dealt with the situation differently if you had people in your staff that don't follow the Lord and love, love Jesus in the way that work? Yeah. What would you have done differently? How do you navigate praying at every meeting? Would you have done that if, if you have a staff that's just not all drinking the Kool-Aid, if you will, around the bonfire? It's a, good, it's a good question. You know, companies like Chick-fil-A and Credera and some of these others I think about that, I, you know, run by godly people, but um, not necessarily a, um, a Christian organization. What we do, our products are, are faith-based, and so we, we might be unique in that. Um, I think I would just start sentences with, hey, this may sound crazy, but <laughs> just do the same thing. Uh, or, hey, we're going we're gonna to do this because we need this. Um, of course, I would, uh, Ross back there are guy would be like, no, 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 you can't do that. Uh, you know, he, he would tell me where my boundaries are, and then what, wherever those aren't, I will say, hey, this may sound crazy to some of you guys, but just do it. Over here. Um, was there ever a, a temptation to possibly be, like, too soft or maybe too radical in forgiveness? And, I mean, you said that, you know, I forget who, but they told you, hey, you know you got to fire him, right? Yeah. Uh, was, I mean, since you liked him, he was your friend, yeah. was there, like, this sense of, like, well, I don't want to fire him, and he... And he already said he's sorry and he's humble and, yeah. you know, like, is, was there temptation to, to be too soft? And is there ever, a, you know, a time where it's appropriate to just be like, hey, we're just going to look the other way, move forward from this and completely like, we'll figure it out together as a team and not fire him? So good, good question. And uh, for, I have to separate that uh, with forgiveness and being too soft on, hey, we can keep them, can't we? You know, all uh, kind of more of the practical stuff. The practical stuff, I would say, yeah, I, I needed people around me at the beginning for sure. I look back and I think it took me a little while, but I got there. I was like, of course, I'm, I got to let this guy go. Of course. And, and, and there was uh, anger. Yes, there was anger. There were other emotions there were, uh, where I was like, no, this is the right thing. And, um, and so I, I experienced those. But just on forgiveness, um, the Bible models it well with when I think Peter asks, you know, hey, we, we've, we have forgiven people seven times. Is that where we're at? And I think uh, Adam Tarno did a talk where he talked about the, 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 the uh, standard was three times, like, th- you know, three big times in your life, and you've, you've offered forgiveness. And then he, and Peter said, how about seven? And then Jesus said, 70 times seven. And, and it was just, so when it comes to that, no, I'm not there is, that's what I'm called to do. And, and, and so I don't have a choice in that. I don't feel a choice in that. And I'm thankful for that. That's that much that I've been forgiven. I get to forgive much as well. And so, but again, when it comes to practical, yeah, maybe he can keep his job. I, I really had other people uh, at first really help me with that decision. And then those were, those were wise things yeah. to do. I constantly did have to wear a business hat and a friend hat. And, and it got really, uh, in fact, we would even have to call it out. I'm wearing my friend hat, you know. Okay, this is how I feel. Okay, I'm wearing the business hat. This is what I need to do. Yeah. And so we would separate that a little bit. Yeah, I think Proverbs 12:16 just reminds us to, uh, if we can, overlook an offense. Uh, but that doesn't mean you overlook everything, you know, and for you to just be wise. And uh, I, as a rule of thumb for me, that I'm just like, man, if I find myself having a conversation in the shower the next day, of like, this is what I would say, <clears throat> or it's just kind of stirring. I'm like, I haven't really overlooked that. Hey, as we wrap up, I just want to leave you guys with a couple uh, thoughts. Uh, And so I just love, man, after a conversation, uh, I ask, so what? Like, how does this apply to me? And I would just say, hey, the first thing, if there's something that you need to confess, uh, and it could be small, like it could just be, uh, hey, I had a company meal last week on the company credit card that was a personal meal. Uh, but don't let uh, what happened in 2007 and him not feeling convicted and confessing that turn into 2015. And so I'd just say, man, go and confess that now. Uh, the second thing is that extend forgiveness. Uh, and I think you saw the way that Rob did that in an awesome way. Uh, but even more so than that, 
his pursuit of reconciliation. Uh, and I love how he was just telling us last week, he's just like, man, if there's ever a time at church or at home or with a friend and it ever feels off or awkward, then like go as much as it depends on you, lean into that uh, and go and be reconciled. You know? And so, and I hope that you guys take that away. Think about that specifically with the application of work. And so that certainly applies uh, all of life. But oftentimes we take those things, we apply them into, inside of marriage and inside of community. But then there is years of lingering of this happening in the workplace. And so I just encourage you guys to go apply that right inside of your work. Um, and then the last thing is just uh, we're going to do this the second Wednesday of every month. And so the next two uh, months in November and December, that I'd love to have you guys come and join, join us, invite a friend next month. We're going to have Robin John from Eventide Funds come and talk about what it means to be countercultural for the common good. And so he's going to explain just how they've thought very differently about their business model uh, and how that loves neighbors. Uh, and then in December, uh, Steve Shin, who is a restaurateur who owns uh, BB Bop, is going to come and talk about uh, kind of your missing ingredient, which the punchline will be hospitality. And so just talking through how all of us can rethink maybe how we think about customer service and hospitality. And so we would love to have you guys come and join us uh, for that. Invite a friend, a coworker, uh, put it on your guys' calendar. And then if there's any way that we can serve you, uh, watermark.org slash work has a ton of resources available. And then you can also email faithandwork at watermark.org. And uh, I'd be happy to start a dialogue with you guys in any way that we can help serve you as you think about uh, how uh, your faith and work intersect. And so let me pray for us, and then we'll wrap up. God, thank you for uh, Rob and his humility and his diligence uh, to want to pursue you. And just the example that he's given us on how we can be more fully devoted uh, to confessing and forgiving and reconciling. And so, Lord, we know that you uh, have uh, forgiven us much and that you sent your one and only Son to reconcile us back to you. And so I pray that, uh, in turn, we would be ambassadors uh, of Jesus helping to reconcile the world back to God. Ask all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for the conversation with Rob. We hope that you leave challenged to apply God's model of confession, forgiveness, and reconciliation as demonstrated by Rob in your daily vocation and other areas of life. These events are intended for a wide variety of audiences, and we hope that you hear stories of people wrestling with how to follow God while giving you practical tools to apply His Word to your daily life. We also hope that these are a springboard to go deeper in connecting your faith to your work. To access more resources or to contact us with questions, go to watermark.org work. We hope you have a great week of worship.